Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. I'm Brian Wise, the editor of the magazine. In this episode, my guest is Sam Teske, guitarist, singer, songwriter and engineer in the multi-award winning Teske Brothers, along with his brother, Josh. Sam won the Engineer of the Year Award at the 2019 ARIA Awards and was also nominated for a Grammy for his engineering in that year. Up till May 2020 had been an amazing couple of years for the Teske Brothers. Number one albums, including a live double album, multiple ARIA awards and a huge US tour, including a spot on Jimmy Fallon's show. Then it all stopped with the pandemic. But Sam has used his time to record a solo album, Cycles, influenced, as he'll tell you, by Pink Floyd's metal album. Before we talk to Sam Teske, let's hear a track from the album Cycles. And this is the intro to the tune don't fear. Hey, Sam, thanks very much for joining us. Are you up in Warrandyte? No, I'm out of actually at each sort of Victoria. We're kind of out in like Warburton Way, okay. um, Yarra Junction. Yeah, so we, we kind of got a little house out here. and It's beautiful out here. We've just got, yeah, we're right in the middle of the forest, so it's, it's lovely. Is that where your studio is set up? No, the studio is in Warrandyte still, but um, I think I, I, after all this is a lockdown and everything, I hope to kind of bring it out. Bring it out here to the to, to um to the country here, which is uh which is lovely. Well, it sounds very rustic. I can hear. I think some birds in the background, so it must be very nice out there. Yeah, it's lovely. It's um yeah, it's a beautiful morning as well. Hey Sam, almost exactly two years ago, we were standing outside the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville having a chat. It seems like a lifetime away now, doesn't it? I know, it's, it's crazy. I can't believe that's the last time we spoke. <laughs> that's amazing. You were performing, of course, with the Teske brothers, and uh, it was a, an amazing performance. I have to say, I thought it was going to be a really big test for you in front of an American audience. You not only came through with flying colours, the audience absolutely loved you. Were you surprised at the response? That, I mean, because it was incredible. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that, that venue was beautiful as well, and, and um. 
it was yeah it, we kind of we're blown away all across america with the um with the response it's been um it's it's amazing really it's uh it seems seems very far away to be kind of going back over there which which is interesting but but it's that experience was um was surreal and it kind of makes you appreciate it after the last um couple of years of um of yeah kind of not really being able to do that yeah it's been and- interesting yeah, so c- kind of just after that, the whole thing ended, didn't it? You just uh, sort of getting into gear there, and then it sort of suddenly yeah. ended. But since then, you were nominated for a Grammy, which is a, an outstanding achievement, I have to say. Well, yeah, so that's that's pretty surreal as well. Actually, just um, blown away, which was that, which was um, which was amazing. We kind of um, had a little celebration after that um, out here in um, Powertown, where I live, and and we called it the Power Whammies. <laughs> you know, just say, you know, because we could obviously get in because we were over in Europe at the time, um, so it would have been fun to go to the event. But, um, but yeah, we couldn't make it because because there was a couple of shows around it and stuff. And um, and yeah, so we had our own little event out here, which which was a lot of fun. Now, for the new album cycles, you went back through your back catalogue of music, I believe, that things you collected over the years. Tell us the process you used to put the whole thing together. Did you do new recordings? How did that work? Um, for, uh, for the for the new album for the new album cycles, yeah, your yeah. solo, yeah. Album. So um, yeah. So it's uh, it's been a it's been a real fun process. Like we um, I kind of dug up a lot of old demos and and we had a lot of time in 2020 to sort of just get all these ideas and sort of kind of piece them together into one sort of concept album. And there was a few that the B side, for instance, was a kind of a a jam that I did with a couple of guys. Like in the studio, we we spent a lot of time just um setting up the studio and just kind of hit and record and then just, just playing um, for the length of the tape. <laughs> and, um, and it just, uh, just seeing what came out of it. And sometimes nothing come out of it. And then um, sometimes you listen back and something, something was really cool. And that kind of makes up most of the B side of the album, really. Um, one of those jams that we sort of edited down. And so I had a lot of time to kind of sieve through these ideas and those jams and kind of piece together um, some other songs and ideas to kind of join it all together to be this one nice big piece of work. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been a, a fun process. And so I, I just kind of got all the tracks, laid them on the tape in the spot that they were supposed to go as a kind of a guide. Mm-hmm. And then um, got band, got got um, Liam, who uh, plays with the Tessie Brothers, and, um, and got, got a whole bunch of great musicians, uh, friends of mine, Neil and Joe, um, to do, do the other harmonies. And we sort of just laid it over, and Olaf Scott as well. Um, he uh, he came and played organ, and and it's just like was this a nice experience to just kind of get them to sort of play through the whole album rather than kind of track by track. And we sort of it kind of made it really natural and and made it join, all the tracks joined together really naturally and organically. I'm talking to uh, Sam Teske. Hey, hey, Sam. Josh did an album with Ash Grimwald. And I shouldn't be surprised, but, you know, because you spend so much time in the studio, but your album sort of came out of the blue. It was a bit of a surprise that you were releasing a solo album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I just, um, I kind of, um, I've always got a lot of music kind of lying around and, and this, this kind of downtime. 2020 was just a, um, yeah, it was like, uh, it was really sort of a, a perfect time to kind of just get these ideas down and, and get in my own headspace with it and, uh, and just, yeah, put it on tape. Right. Hey, talk about the inspiration of Pink Floyd's album Metal, which I note celebrates its 50th anniversary at the end of this month. 
Um, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I guess like discovering that album for me was, um, was quite, quite an experience. And I've always wanted to kind of, um, work on something along those lines where it's a bit more like, um, yeah, it kind of gets your listening head into a bit more of a sort of a trancey space. I guess you're kind of zoned into something and you're kind of more reliant on your own meditative ability or whatever to just sort of to focus and, and enjoy the experience um, instead of kind of hitting you with sort of three and a half minute pop tunes over a whole album. It's just, it's just a very different process for me of listening to a record. And there was a lot of records like that, you know, during that time and, and, uh, and, that I really enjoyed and and yeah I think even with the Tetra Brothers we've we've always been a big big on sort of having like albums like you know really kind of making sure the album works as an album and yeah so it's, so it's yeah something like that I'm more of a Adam Hart mother and I'm a Gamma fan myself apart from the song okay. one of these days which I love that but Adam Hart mother and I'm a Gamma two of my favorite Pink Floyd albums but you're you're too young to have ever seen them. Have you ever seen Roger Waters or David Gilmore? No, unfortunately not. And um, and it's kind of one of those things where it's uh, yeah, I would love to have seen them, you know, in in their day, like in the in the heyday. And I and and I and I could imagine the experience, like more recently as well, would be would be amazing too. Of course, that album uh, Metal had the song Fearless on it, as opposed to your song Don't Fear. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't put that link together. That's um, that's interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's funny because I guess this, the um, the title of the track for that one is, I guess, oh well, there's not really many lyrics to the to the song, so it's um, it's kind of is is what it is. But um, but it's interesting how all the um, like I kind of worked a while making the track title, so they all kind of added together to make a poem that kind of told a bit more of a story of the whole of the whole cycle of the album. Well, we introduced the interview with "Don't Fear" the intro and the and the track, and and they have that same sort of mesmeric quality that some of the Pink Floyd songs go have and I guess that's what you were trying to capture yeah yeah just um and and just not being afraid to sort of linger on um on grooves and allow the anticipation for melody to come in kind of makes it all the more sweet for me I just you know obviously the more like poppy Pink Floyd albums like um Wish You Were Here and Dark Side of the Moon they're, they're like a perfect example of kind of just still being really, really bold in just building that anticipation. And, and I think if you put those melodies in that, in that, um, from those albums, like by themselves, they wouldn't have the same impact as they would if you listen to them as a whole, like as you listen to the album as a whole. It, so it's kind of yeah. about, yeah, it's about teasing you up to, um, to, you know, getting, getting the most out of the melody and, and zoning you in. So I've kind of done a lot of, um, panning left and right, which is I uh, kind of, working with a little like binaural beats or bilateral yeah. stamps like um to sort of to kind of get get people's headspace into that into that kind of directed zone i guess something that can center people before they know he comes in so they can experience it the uh at the fullest they possible they can yeah i, I guess as an engineer producer it's nice to have a project where you've got complete say you don't have to, you're not answerable to anybody else not not that you would i imagine that you have too many arguments but it's nice to sort of be in charge of something you can do whatever you feel like doing yeah it is it's just it's a subtle thing of just like i don't have to consult anything anything i just can be like oh i want the drums to sound like this so i can i it was actually really handy working with tape and everything just actually mixing the drums while i was recording them so so that was done you know the job was done there and then because it was a massive epic analog mix the whole mm. album you know having having those little sub mixes ready to go was kind of vital to um and also to save space on the tape so i could you know really you know do the most with the strings and all the other instruments that i added over the top 
you, yeah, you said you um, you said you use tape. You you record on tape. I th- thought tape would be a little bit hard to get these days. No, it's actually there's a new company making the tape these days, and um and it's actually really good quality. Uh, so it is a little bit dear, but you can you know you could buy a reel of tape and you can use it a few times, you know, quite quite a few times before it sort of starts to lose its its quality. Mm-hmm. And um and so it's it's kind of a bit of an investment buying a tape, and um and and then obviously the maintenance of the tape machine is is a um is something that's that's sort of uh, hard to hard to keep on top of like the, in this day and age it's hard hard to find technicians around that will come out to um to look at your machine <laughs> you know most technicians that just just staying in their studio don't want to take on any tape machines <laughs> anymore and um and and you know there's there's a few there's a few technicians around that will just sort of come out if you if you're lucky <laughs> and uh so it's, it's a hard it's a hard thing but once it's going it, it it seems to be more reliable for me than a computer you know I, I seem to lose less data on a tape than i do you know on on computer just because it's it's i don't know it just like, seems like a very solid physical medium and uh and with computers there's crashes and there's you know if you haven't backed it up in enough places you know you 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 file it in the wrong place or whatever it's all sorts of stuff that can go wrong with um with computers so so it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Hey, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the album. It's terrific. And I thought we might finish on the song Let the Sun Bring the Light from the album Cycles. And so thanks, Sam. All the best. Hope to catch up with you in person at some stage shortly. Great, <laughs> Great to chat to you, Brian. I'll speak to you soon. See you, mate. Bye. Sun bring the light But the light will bring the war Sam Teske's solo album Cycles that's Let the Sun Bring the Light the album available now I hope you enjoyed our chat with Sam Teske this week on the Rhythms podcast thanks for joining me if you want more information about the magazine you can check it out at rhythms.com.au I'll talk to you on the next Rhythms podcast